She comes. Okay. Come on, Anna Rosa. You're going to pray. Shane's going to back you up. Awesome. Oh, Jesus, I just thank you so much for this godly man before us and for the words that you've given him to speak. Lord, I just pray that you would open the minds and hearts of the people here to hear and receive the message you have given Kevin to share with us today, God, and that his words would be your words, God, and that his, your spirit would just flow out of him. Just keep giving him your awesomeness. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, thank you all for coming. I know most of you, and that's pretty pretty awesome to say. That's a privilege of mine that I get to know you, and at least in part, like some of you, I got to know really well. Um, so I thank God for that. I, my life's changed since I came here a lot, actually. Paul has been a good father to many people, and my life's been directly influenced by that. So thank you, Paul. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to set some stuff down here. Put my hands full. Also, so I don't know if you know anything about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but one of them is definitely water. So if you're thirsty, <laughs> I brought another case of water that should be passed around if anyone's thirsty. So, yeah. I want you guys to be taken care of in more ways than one. You rock, Kevin! <laughs> you do love us, Kevin! Thank you, Kevin. I sure do. <laughs> oh, thank you. What's that? Yeah. Actually, uh, Aaron Ozarek is has got a bottle of lemon oil that I handed to him to put in w- into the water that you have. So... If you need any lemon in there for natural antibacterial properties, go for it. Aaron, where are you? Aaron's right over here. If you actually, if you just want to pass that oil around, just make sure I get it at the end of the night. That'd be okay. Yeah. Okay. So tonight, I plan on speaking about community, or the better word for it is communitas. Um, what I had originally phrased it as is the importance of becoming powerful and how we encourage. But I realized that the most important thing to become powerful in how we engage with people is to get rid of pretenses. And God is the greatest ridder of pretenses. He breaks down every stronghold, every problem with, with identity that we have. He breaks it down. Um, the only way to make an effect is to give something of value. And I hope to share something of value tonight with you. Um, And that means being vulnerable. If you don't offer something that's true to you, the deeper places of you, then you don't get to the deeper places of them. And that's going to be in the 20-80 ratio the same here, always. Um, So I'm just going to pray that God breaks down every pretense and every stronghold in our minds, our bodies, and our spirits so God, just come and just fill this place with your love, your, your ever-effective affection, God, that speaks one way and then another until it's heard. God, you don't relent until you have all of us, until you speak to us and we hear your voice, we feel your love. So God, we just ask for your communitas to be known in us, that your unity would be known in us, that we would love each other like you've loved us, Lord God. Thank you. Amen. Cool. So it's really interesting, but God has directed me to ask you to process nothing but everything at the same time. The best way to do that is just to breathe. So I want to take a minute, maybe two, maybe three. Honestly. So if you just, you don't have to look at anyone, don't have to worry about the person next to you, just If you want to, close your eyes, put your head down. I mean, I'm honestly going to sit here for about a minute, so...
God's grace fills you as you breathe. Continue breathing. All right, thank you for relaxing. I know that God has been speaking to you all day, and sometimes it takes just a moment to let God catch up with you. So as we continue tonight, a few things you need to know about me is, one, I'm a poet. And one thing for community that that means personally for me is that I don't only see things as they are and how they can be, but I also see things how they should be. So how we communicate and how we engage with each other is something that's always deep on my heart. Um, and I'll prove the pro- poet part to you a little bit later. I'm going to read you something that I wrote myself. Um, so things don't always make sense in a traditional way for me. I, I connect them differently. But it's expressive, and I really like that. I'm an appreciator of Switchfoot and a few phrases of their lyrics that really sparked my attention um, for what what they use is, I want to thrive and not just survive. There's a, there's a new way to be human, and I dare you to move. Yes. These have all been very encouraging words to me. Now, to tell you about myself in another way, I don't know about you, but encouragement is something that I really need all the time. Um, and it's still something I need a lot of. I, I know I get probably more encouragement than anyone I know just because of my my exuberance. And people are like, it's fun to encourage you. Know, you. And I'm like, well, great. It's fun to be encouraged, so keep doing it. <laughs> so um, there was a time in my life when I was getting absolutely no encouragement. Actually, I don't even remember if people were saying nice words to me at that point in my life at all, but I sure wasn't getting any encouragement. I wasn't vulnerable to their encouragement because I had no one who knew me. I was a pastor's kid. I was the president of my my, uh, youth group. I was on the Sunday worship team and the Wednesday night worship team, and still I had no one who who encouraged me in a way that was viable to my soul. There was two events in my life. I'm open to share this, but just to cut things shorter, two foul swoop events in my life cut off almost all of my social circles. And I just had nothing to do. I had no one to hang out with, no one to listen to, no one to know. Um, And in that, I, I was also sick. And I was sleeping a lot. I was depressed. I got to the point where I was so alone. And I was like, you know what? No one's going to know if I don't wake up tomorrow. So I'd really rather not wake up tomorrow. I'd rather wake up in a day, maybe three, maybe not at all. So I took 12 sleeping pills just seeing what would happen. I didn't know. But I was like, I don't want to be awake for a day where I don't have purpose, where I don't feel acknowledged, where something just isn't right in my life. I woke up the next day, thank you, God. Amen. And I had such an appreciation for life that I had not had before. I'll tell you that. I was like, this is awesome! And people were like, what happened to you? <laughs> so um, the truth is, in that circumstance, I was an orphan. I really was. Even though I had a, a dad that was a pastor, and I have a great relationship with my father now. I do. He encourages me all the time, and I love that. And I have many fathers now, including Paul, like I just said. Um, but no one knew my struggles and my dreams. Um, I had no one to open up to. No one opened up to me. 
that was partly it was everyone was wearing this facade um and no one tried to be a safe place I wrote something here that I think is really important. Don't let people's circumstances be like a whitewash on their tombs. A lot of people are living tomb, uh, living tombs. Their bodies are living tombs. They're just dead inside because they have nothing that's feeding them. The, the water of God does not permeate their soul because they just have not had a way opened for them. Um, and that's, that's part of why we encourage each other. Is we just get that water of, of encouragement to fall into people. Um, so what came of this it it was even months later I was still just deeply isolated but God said to me you know okay if you feel alone then other people are going to feel even more alone than you do because you have a good family but people do not and if you feel alone in your high place how much more alone and how deeply just ignored do people feel and God just put this burning feeling in my heart where I was like I don't want anyone to feel alone I don't want anyone to have that deep longing that's so unfulfilled the the hope deferred makes the heart sick well my heart was sick and I don't want that to happen in anyone not in one percent so I apologize even if if there are times when, when anyone here has reached out to me where they felt alone that day and I didn't respond to them. So I'm, I apologize for that. Yeah. Because that's on my heart to reach out to people. Um, speaking on, on orphanness, uh, James one twenty seven says that religion, uh, religion that our God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Well, what does it mean to take care of the widows and orphans? There's just people who can't provide for themselves. Well, I couldn't provide encouragement and identity for myself, but those were provided for me over time. God gave those to me through people, through circumstances, through many things. He spoke one way and then another until it was relieved, uh, received in me. Um, but many of us need providing for, um, as we are spiritual or emotional orphans. I'm just going to... Maybe it's this one. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's where I need it. Thank you. You guys are encouraging me. Come to my rescue. <laughs> it's so great. I don't know where that's from. So now I have a question. Does that make you responsible to fix everyone's situation and build up every person? No. In fact, it might be best for you to figure out where your strengths are effectively used and step out from under the burden of Christian expectations. You might feel like you're abandoning someone by refraining from your usual course of affection, even rejecting them in that action. But if you're not honest in what you consider the overflow of your heart, then you're, then you're lying. Um, righteous affection only exists in the space where both the giver is giving what is good and where the receiver is not bought out by the love of the person, but by the love of God. In truth, there's a very messy thing. To, uh, it's, a very thi- me- sorry. it's a very messy thing to love because love was so unsafe that it actually killed Jesus. Um, but only willingly through the overflow of his heart. Even even when receiving love hurts, the Bible says the rebuke of a friend is better than the flattery of enemies. Um, Jesus said to love one another, that your joy may be full, and they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. I know that he was seeing us in his mind's eye, because he sees this kind of people who are ready to step in together. That's good, Kevin. <laughs> the thing is, it's not easy all the time. It's not. Kevin, I love you. <laughs> I do. You step out all the time, and you're ready to do it. I, I really commend that. I want to be more like you, Kevin. <laughs> 
Right, right. <laughs> I was talking to this guy if no one saw that I was pointing somewhere else. <laughs> so our joy is supposed to come from this joy, and it's supposed to mark how we interact. But I don't always grasp what fullness means. What does fullness mean? Okay, even I'm a poet, and I see how things should be, but I don't grasp always what fullness looks like. And that's kind of weird. It, 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 it boggles my brain. Uh, it's, what's it supposed to feel like? What's it supposed to look like? Are we supposed to engage? How are we supposed to engage with each other in impactful ways? Even knowing that you can bless and be blessed by saying encouraging things, it can be difficult to find the right words and give and know that you've made a real difference. Too many words can feel like whitewash and flattery when it's so casual. That's why it's important to establish, um, what's the word? Integrity in how we speak. Um, I'm not discounting the intent of anyone, but often the expectation, the expectation alone of either giving or receiving Christian things can sap the power out of your gifts. God doesn't want you to be expecting to need to give. It's good to have an office of giving where, you, where that naturally flows out of you. Um, and I think that many of us here have adopted a place of, of natural giving and we're just like, I'm here every week. I want to give. Uh, but I, I believe that God will give us wisdom in how to dig deeply into people and really utilize our gifts. Words of peace and encouragement can, ex- can change the atmosphere of a room as well as our expectations towards God and to each other. Even if the sacrifice is how we give, it makes it that much more worth it. Do everything as unto Christ. Now, let me say, speaking pleasant words to cover deep needs is not enough. And feeling the impulse... To give them exposes an Im- imitation of the real Christian community. Now, it's, it's a different thing to say, okay, God, I don't know what to say to this person, but touch them. That's real. Yeah. Do that. That's good. That's good. Uh, something that will increase the value of our words is to have more integrity. I said that. Stop faking not being broken. It just spreads the expectation to be perfect. And we all want to be perfect, so it's natural. But the expectation of it is the absence of grace. We don't expect you to mess up, but we expect you to be vulnerable and honest when you feel alone or broken. That's really hard. Because I don't always want to admit that I'm alone or broken. But I was alone yesterday, and I was alone the day before. And I'm still broken today. But I know that God is speaking through me tonight. Mm-hmm. I love your guys' encouragement. Uh, Mr. Alex, I really love your heart. You are one of the most encouraging people I know as well. Just so you know. Just, just going to say that right off. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Do, do, do what I'm speaking while I'm up here. Okay, so if you are anxious, find the right place to say so. If you trust in people and God rather than the people of God acting on his behalf, you'll be hurt and disappointed by the lack of attention and response you'll receive due to the lack of people rising to their offices in the kingdom. If you're ever hurt by too much work to do as we come to Communitas and have all these chores, it's because there's not enough unity, not enough encouragement of, hey, come be with me. Like, I love you being here to help me. That's right. That's right. If, if enough of us rise to our office of giving, like, oh, I have extra time. Why don't I just spend a half an hour extra at Communitas? I love being there anyway. That's good. So consider it, uh, yeah, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Now, let me say, loving well can be filled with many trials. I'm sure anyone who's married will say so. Now, there are times when you shouldn't... Hey, hey, hey. But, but remember, the, the, trials, the trials are the refining things. The, they're gifts from God. They are gifts from God. Okay? Honestly. 
okay, okay. I I totally cut this. I totally cut this out of my papers. You know, I have a lot on here. Um, I have like four pages of notes, and I'm not sure I'll get up to get through all of them because God has so much on His heart. Um, but okay, so there's this analogy: the potter and the clay. So you want to take that an extra step when you when you um, when you ask God, okay, God, I'm ready. Make me blue. I'm going to be a blue, beautiful vessel for you. And then God makes you in the right shape, and you're like, yes, God, I feel like I'm in the right shape now. Okay, I'm ready to be hardened. And then God paints you yellow, and you're like, I thought you said it was going to be blue. Uh, and, and then God goes, hold on, hold on. He puts you through testing. And in that fire, that yellow becomes Blue and a very shimmering blue. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? So all those trials and tests that you experience, okay, God does things that are far beyond us all the time. So in relationships, in how marriages work, things happen to us on purpose, but to produce the end result. If we trust in God for the end result, if we trust in him to be, to be the worker of our salvation in the end, and in in the finisher of our, of our faith, God... <laughs> going to work out that's right okay so that was something i cut out so i'm glad i put it back in thank you god <laughs> so consider it pure joy um here's something that's very important to say um there are times when you can't that when you should not receive affection that's crazy coming out of my mouth because I'm a very affectionate person. But the times when you can't receive at all, when it hurts because God has made you just so tender, it's okay to say, I, I need to be over here. I'm here to listen, but please don't touch me. We need to respect that. That's right. But then there are also times when you shouldn't be receiving affection because you can be overtaken by it. We're not supposed to be bought out by people's hearts. We're supposed to be bought out by God's heart. Sometimes we just need to guard our heart. And that, that boundary allows for you to go, okay, I'm safe. Now I can go as far as I can. That's good. When I'm safe, I can go as far as my hands can reach and as far as my feet can carry me in this race of running a, a, a loving affection through my community, in my community, to my community. Now, something I hope you realize is that I'm trying to offer something that has cost me much to enri- enrich you all. Uh, this isn't cheap talk. I honestly felt very alone. And it's something that sometimes I still struggle with in small ways because I'm very supported by my community outside here, by my family, um, and by people here. So thank you all who, feel, like, who make me feel known and appreciated. There are many of you here. I have such a wealth of family here. Like, I, I feel comfortable with many of you. So thank you. Um. Yeah, yeah. When you invest costly things, the greater your reward, reward becomes. I believe that there is, conversely, a curse that is born of trying to measure your own strength or safety and reveling in it. And it makes you selfish. It narrows your view to see the strength of the one, that's you, instead of the importance of the collective of strength of many. That's, I think that changed in the minds of the uh, Axe people, the Axe church, where they're like, okay, I don't need the strength and the safety of keeping my money and my things. I'm just going to give it all so that no one has need. I think that's, that's what happened. And actually, there's a Bible verse that kind of goes through, uh, that I'm basing this thought on. Um, now to encourage you, the many, I'm going to read you a poem about how I think you are. This one's for you, Levi. <laughs> Actually, Levi was with me when I recorded this one. It's pretty funny, because at the end he goes, Amen! <laughs> and, and it's in a video that I posted on Facebook. I was like, who did that? <laughs> okay, so. You are ethereal, pulling shadow yawn to light. Giving voice, your heart grows ever bright. And now, if time itself hung above your head, all that could be seen were its hands still, dead. For I, enwrapped, find eternity caught in its cue, 
as memory commits your every line and hue. No keeper but God could hold all it takes to make a light like yours that would have all the world shake for the thought. If I should try to keep and hold on this, it would be my death, despite my bliss. Might that I find my voice had a place, but ever for loss, if ever that beckoning displace. And on that, ha- uh, on that, it be my will and not be yours as well, the fountains of my soul would have right tears to spill. Would I but yearn, I'd cry in bootless gape. Where my souls in dirt touch this first estate, whence we all come, and it all sung into place by God, by one whose glory all life makes. There's a second part. You are ethereal, a part of all creation. Knowing good and dance rightly in just elation, you are strong, weighted solely by your heart. Keep your eyes for heaven. Let not your face be hard, for only graves should mark the living with any, anything as coarse as stone. So let your eyes of light be your constant walking tone. Let God's grace be strong enough to lift you, and be not bereft by what you thought was true. Find instead the Spirit singing justice, life, and mercy, and know that in that song is all you ever should be. So let light and love have you change the world and let all of his stars guide you as his story in you is unfurled. Thank you. I'm here on Tuesday nights. time. I got 10 minutes? Okay. Wow. Man, this is awesome. So did anyone feel encouraged by that? Was the, I did. You did? I did. Okay. Okay. Um, how did you feel encouraged? What, did anyone catch any part of that that encouraged you? Levi's got his hands up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Levi. Mm. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I That is exactly what I hoped to be conveyed. So thank you for confirming that that's there. Thank you. I'm encouraged by your encouragement. By your being encouraged, I'm encouraged. And that that takes place all the time. Let me give you this. Uh, There are two things that you might find very dynamic in in establishing yourself in this community and others as a safe person. The first one is focusing on not being a person who is passively destructive. Um, I, I just read this in an article recently. I posted it on my Facebook. Um, but when you're passively destructive, it's not hard. It's not hard to be passive. I mean, part of my relationship with my dad that's gotten a lot better was he was just super passive. He was a passive pastor. He was a passive father. And I'm so blessed by the fact that he's changed all of those curses where he's where he didn't say anything to confirm who I really am. And now he's speaking things about who I really am and praying for me and encouraging me. And it's, it's, it's life-changing. And if it's life-changing, even in one circumstance, how life-changing is it to hear it not from one person over here, not from one person over here, but when people all over in life, when, when more than three people say it who have no connection to each other, you should just start believing them. Yeah. Say it again. <laughs> okay. Do you want to say it, Kevin? No. Okay. Because if you say it, it makes it more true. 
No, okay. So if you hear people ta- saying things about you, like, you're beautiful. And someone else says it. And then someone else says it. You've got you to gotta start believing that. You know, God, God created you fearfully and wonderfully. And fearfully because you're so beautiful. <laughs> and so capable of being awesome that you can change the world. Whether for good or for bad. That's just your ability. That's innate in you. You are not powerless. You are powerful. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are able to pierce through bondages in people's minds. You're able to encourage people where they feel that there's no support. You can throw people into things instead of them, instead of them like walking around the edges of who they're supposed to be. Another way that you can be dynamic in a, in a relative community is actually being actively constructive. So the first one was passively destructive. This one is actively constructive. When someone makes a bid for your in- attention, maybe, maybe you're just really interested in something. Like, man, hey, guys, that's a really cool centerpiece over there. Those flowers are nice. But everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. I was like... Doesn't everyone see what I see? Or how about when I say, Anna Rosa, she's one of the most giving people that I know. Just, just that alone. Just most giving. If anyone else sees that, then I know I have unity with all of you who can see that. When you have unity in love for someone, that's the most bonding thing you can have. That's why worship is one of the most important things in a community to have. The more you can worship together, then man, the closer you should really be. The more you can be affectionate towards God, the more safe you should be of being affectionate with other people too. So when you are hearing someone say, oh, look at this, don't just be like, oh, that's nice. Engage with them wholeheartedly as you can. Maybe you're not very interested in it, but say, look, I'm interested in you. I'll look at what you're looking at so we can be unified. Ask about the relational things. What has God put in your heart to bring you there? You know, if say someone says, oh, I got into school. Oh, what school are you going to go to? What, what, God, what has God put in your heart to bring you there? Or when did you find out you got accepted? Or are you going to live anywhere different? What's going to change? How, how does this affect you? Because I want to know because that affects me. Because it affects you. We're one. We're connected. You're my brother. You're my sister. Um, people will not be touched unless they find something to agree with. That's why sometimes when, when people say, you're beautiful, it's like, I don't believe that. Look at my eyebrows. <laughs> Man, I haven't had a haircut for a month. I got a stain on my shirt because I was cooking earlier. And you just have all these reasons why not, why not, why not, why not. Instead of hearing all the reasons why people are saying, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so this means that to agree with something, whoever you're talking to has to have found you agreeing with something that they have already found reliable. Sometimes people don't find God as reliable. So you have to go to where they are not feeling reliable, uh, feeling that God is reliable. You have to tell them that they're made out of potential. Saying that, Alone to someone might sound too nebulous or too general, but when others see characteristics, when you see characteristics, speak those things over and over until it resonates as something that has always been wanted. And, and as it resonates that it's something that has always been wanted, it's revealed to them as a part of that person's nature that y- they have yet to comply with. Okay, I- imagine if... I'll just use this as a poignant, poignant piece of example. What if I just never sang because I never felt that I was any good? Oh. Right, right, right. Now, I, I, have con- I have confidence now. It's laughable, right? But there are things about people that are so true that, that they just don't believe at all. 
And until until someone starts agreeing with me, like, okay, you resonated here. Oh, this was this was good. This was bad. And as soon as you start differentiating between what's good and what's bad for them, so they can agree with you. Oh yeah, that was good. Oh yeah, that was bad. But when you said that was bad, I don't know. That's that's not good. If I did something bad, but then like, okay, I said this was bad. Now that you believe me that I can say that it's bad, will you believe me when I say it's good too? That's part of integrity and in how you speak. That's why it's better to, to tell someone to rebuke every once in a while. Um, encourage people about who they are so they can agree with you. Being vulnerable to admit the truth where they feel that God has been absent in them. Then speak the truth about how God is now not absent but veiled and that Christ has won the difference. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that again. Encourage people about who they are so that they can agree with you. Being vulnerable to admit the truth where they feel that God has been absent in them. Then speak the truth about how God is not absent but veiled. And that Christ has won the difference. And that they can live out their unique purposes without fear of men. Yes, we're guilty of, of hurting other people, but their disposition, being hurt, is between them and God. You might feel the jade of sin, but that sin doesn't change why you exist. Sin does not take away Samson's strength. It was when he let himself be changed that he fell into weakness. Encourage people about who they are so they can agree with you. I believe that God wants to stop the plague of orphan and widow spirits. The ones that are not cared for to be supported in deep and safe ways to manifest the richness that they have in whatever way it may come. I believe that this is the, f- the best way to encourage true identity in people. I actually have this sort of a, uh, environment in my, my family over there, the Johnstons. I hang out with them a lot and I am so richly blessed by them. So blessed. Again, I want to apologize to anyone who has not felt touched by God and his love in the past where I could have said, you are meant to be loved. Whether it be through me or someone else, but you are meant to be loved. You have glory in you. You have ability to change the world. This place, I honestly believe it when they say that this place will influence nations. Because it's not the size of the congregation. It's the earnestness. And God is real in this place. (laughs) And I just really want to encourage you. (laughs) You guys are so awesome. Thank you, Levi. I could cry for you any day. Any day. I could cry for you any day. It's part of being a poet. (laughs) So, um, Eric, I have a a request. I didn't put this by you at all, but if you could look up a song on YouTube by Jimmy Needham, it's called Clear the Stage. And it talks about clearing away pretenses. And as you, as you, as he gets that ready, um, I already read the poem. Um, I can read that again to you later if you want. But I would really like to hear if anyone else has an encouragement that they've just had burning on their heart. Does anyone have that? Does anyone have an encouragement? And just, just take a deep breath. Come on up. Come on up. That's as far as I go. Don't want to be in the speaker here. You know, it's interesting. I very often doubt that I hear the Lord. And as we were just sitting in worship, just for a split second, I was like, Lord, what do you have? And the verse that came to mind, I'm not sure where it's from, is it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I had no idea what you were speaking on. And I walk in feeling a little empty, a little alone, and it's just, God is so good, and yeah. 
Thank you for speaking. <laughs> I didn't mean you had to encourage me. <laughs> but thank you. I, I really do be believe that affection is one of the most important parts of the kingdom. If we're not ready to be affectionate once we get there, we're going to have a lot to catch up on. Because it's going to be the most affectionate place there ever is. There's not going to be any worry. There's not going to be any worry. I mean, we're, we're all already redeemed. We just kind of forget about it sometimes. Amen? Amen. Yes. Uh, I was listening uh, on the intercom and hearing Kevin's voice, and and you all have heard him before. Now, don't you feel God's freedom when he sings? That's the, that's the encouragement I wanted to tell you. But also, I feel that the Lord is, I, I feel this a lot, but that the Lord has given us such a blessing as the joy of being able to sing to him, and you have shown us that by being an example of just loving to sing and having that freedom. And do we all sing like heaven? No. No. But does the Lord love hearing us sing? Yes. And is it a different part of our brain? Music? Yes. And what a blessing that is because we all love to know everything, don't we? I mean, we want to, we, we think, we think about this and that and and then he says, sing a new song. And he says, praise him, praise him with the song. And that's a different part of our brain. And does he sing over us at night? Yes. So you are touching on so much. Paul was sitting there and he says, wow, he is just really saying some deep, profound things. And we're going to have to all soak it in. And a verse today uh, that encouraged me was, you know, as the Lord says in the Psalms, he's always encouraging us. Restore, restore unto us, and let your face shine on us. And as you had to sit there and breathe, I was just thinking, oh, yes, Lord. Not only were we able to drink water and reminds us of the water of life, but breathing in the spirit as you spoke about. So thank you. I'll give you a hug. When she talks about um, me singing great, you know what? My thought is not so much about the performance. See, the Bible says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a beautiful noise. <laughs> honestly. So, some, like, honestly, it's on my heart sometimes to just be like, we're trying so hard to sound good, we should really hit some wrong notes. Sometimes, I mean, it just comes out anyway as wrong notes, so I'm just like, oh, well, good. <laughs> um, do you have that, that video ready? Yeah, clear the stage. Awesome. We have another one. I just want to encourage everyone, um, first of all, for this household, because I live here and I'm so blessed. Um, and then uh, by, obviously, Paul and Karen, but then even the people that live in it, especially Karsten back there. <laughs> um, I... Like, I, d I just came back from Spain, and I'm kind of like a weird place with friends, and she has stepped up and been just such a good friend to me, and she's such a good listener and so kind, and I just love you, so. <laughs> Yay, Karsten! Now, some of the lyrics in Clear the Stage are, you can sing all you want to, and still get it wrong. Well, you can act all Christian you want to and still get it wrong. You can be as f as you can speak all the nice words and still get it wrong because engaging is more than just words, is more than Yeah, I'll just let it play.
sleep. How about that, huh? Yeah. Hey, what do you like about the message tonight? Sit down for a moment. Kevin spoke it. That's very true. He spoke it. What, what, did you, what else did you like about it? Genuine. Genuine. I don't think anybody could speak this message better than Kevin. I think it had to be Kevin to give this message. Right? He hit a home run, didn't he? Anything else? Relevant? Really relevant. Really relevant. Relevant to what you talked about earlier. Relevant to service. It really it rang with relevance. Yeah, shout it out. Yeah. It's a good message, but it costs. Grace is free, but it really it'll cost you. Love is free, but it'll cost you. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Really transparent. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for tonight. Thanks for your message. You encouraged us. You really did. Hey, let me make this announcement. My, my wife told me to, and, and I wanted to, and I had forgotten. <laughs> Ann Graham Lotz gave a powerful message at the, world, uh, the National Day of Prayer out of Joel 1. I'd really like all of you to be able to hear it. Uh, it'll spark you to pray this week and hopefully the rest of your life to really pray She's called, she said, judgment is coming. Anybody believe that? I believe it. Judgment is on the way. God can't hold back because he, he's got to be true to his own word. And judgment is coming. We want to pray for revival to spring up in the midst of it. So uh, please, uh, I think you can just go, go to YouTube and uh, Ann Graham Lott's National Day of Prayer. So... One of the things, I just um, heard that. I I was not feeling very well, so I was just upstairs on my bed listening to the worship and and Graham Lotz at the same time. So you can do that, you know. And I was soaking the worship in and listening to her sober word. So can you have both? Can you worship and also be watching? Yes, of course. God is giving the signs to us to be watchful he's giving the wake up call to wake up if you set an alarm she was saying you know you want to wake up and be ready well she was saying that one time she did not hear her alarm and that was shaking earth shaking for her because she missed one of her important talks so she was saying don't miss the lord giving signs and don't miss waking up. And this is a time that we can speak to others in love, That's right. serving them, loving them, paying that cost, that price, giving what the Lord wants us to give. So thank you, Father. I just want to say a prayer there because it impacted me so much. She said it's going to be revival at the foot of the cross. And... Uh, if we seek his face with our whole heart. Thank you, Father, that you will speak to us tonight. We have heard a wonderful message, a sober message, now from Kevin, and in the midst of, yes, count all joy when you meet various trials. Well, Lord, you're speaking to us loud and clear. So tonight we say again, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Our eyes are on you use us, Father. Amen, Karen. Okay, now we turn this into a prayer time. So we'll have fellowship a little bit later. This is one of my favorite parts of the evening when, when we turned into prayer. We bring it home, something that God gave you. Maybe you're saying in your heart, I want to be that kind of person. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If we all said, I want to I serve in that way, that I think of others as more important than myself, that I try to encourage more than be encouraged, that would be so wonderful. 
So uh, we're going to turn toward one another. You can start turning right now. Find somebody close to you. Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe they're down. They need to be built up. Maybe you're down. Maybe you want to ask somebody for help. But this is prayer time right now. We, uh, did anybody raise their hand that they're new tonight? Because we'll, uh, we won't have a newbie meeting unless there are people that, that were new. I didn't see any hands go up. Okay, so we won't have a uh, newbie, uh, newbie meeting. Uh, so go ahead, start turning. You don't have to look.